This is Keeping Track, and you're listening to Molly Huddle, Alicia Montano, and Roisin McGettigan Dumas. We want to highlight the important topics, inspiring stories, and amazing women in sport. We're three Olympians from two countries, two moms, and one current pro coming together to talk about issues we're passionate about in the sports world. And we care about the current and future landscape of women's sports. And this is just how we're keeping track. A big shout out to Saucony for sponsoring our season two production costs. At Saucony, a good day is when we get to run. A great day is when we inspire someone else to run. Run for good and thanks for keeping track. Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. We have a bonus season two ending episode for you. We are live-ish from the Boston Marathon. Marathon is celebrating its 125th running this year and we are all celebrating the return of fall marathons after a year away. This Boston Marathon falls on the newly declared Indigenous Peoples Day in the state of Massachusetts. We catch up with Boston legend Patty Dillon. She's being celebrated not only for her excellence as this is the 40th anniversary of her American record 227 run in 1981 and that's just one of the many she held in the 1970s and 80s as she tore up the roads but we're also celebrating her as the fastest Native woman runner in history. A little disclaimer, I'm solo on this interview. I was lucky to catch Patty in person in the Boston Fairmont Copley lobby, so there's a little ambient crowd noise. And I don't have my co-hostess with the mostess at my side, so I'm missing their insights. Shout out to Ro and Alicia. But Patty shines when she gets into a story. She doesn't need my questions, and she shares with us some of the most powerful moments of her career as well as the messages she wants to deliver to Native communities, to youth runners, to everyone she seeks to inspire, and to you and I. So here's Patty Dillon, and check out the blog, keepingtrack.com, for links. Thanks for keeping track. Okay, we are here at the Boston Marathon on Saturday. I'm here with... Patty Dillon, and there's a lot to celebrate. Patty, can you tell us? I know you're here to celebrate an anniversary, and I, know, I just found that out. Yes, you can tell us about this 40th anniversary of your American record, um, and also celebrating you as an Indigenous runner of the Boston Marathon, and celebrating your excellence of being a three-time runner-up and many-time American record holder. Um, so, can you, yeah, can you tell us what's on the plan? What's your plan? What are you doing this weekend? Oh, right now I'm just meeting and greeting as many people as I possibly can, and especially uh, Native Americans and Indigenous people. It's just been really, it's been wild. So it's been really good. The event is happening for the first time ever on Indigenous People's Day. I know, Day. isn't that something? Well, Indigenous Day, they just, you know, this is the first time they've celebrated it, and it's really nice, and the governor has declared it um, Indigenous Day for, for the whole state. So have you met a lot of natives coming through? To yes, I have. And yeah. it's been really, really um, surprisingly, wonderfully wonderful. And you're also, um, this, you have the stat of fat- fastest native runner in history know, over wicked, the marathon huh? distance or over Almost many? every, many just about everything, yes. Except for the 800, I think, 15, I don't know. But yes, from five miles on up. That's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> fastest native female. Yes, runner. and yes. fifth of all time for men and women. Wow! So you're you're a huge role model to a lot of communities, <laughs> including the native community. Um, what like what are you involved in? I know I met you outside with 
uh, an organization. Could, do you want to talk a little bit? Oh, about Wings of that? America is really wonderful. It's been around for maybe what, thirty years, twenty-five years. I'm on the board of directors. You think I would know this? But you know, um, it, it's really it's a program for Native youth for running to promote running and pursuit of uh, excellence, and it's for education and running. And it's you know running. It gives you honor, integrity, self-discipline, determination, and not only do you become a, a good runner over time, but you also want to strive to be better than you were, to become more than you are through running, because it's amazing how many, what it does to you. Yeah, it's life-changing. Like, I remember, so you were nice enough to talk to us for our book that we're putting oh, out, yeah, 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 yeah. and I remember you said one of the things it taught you is that um, you can do anything. You know, it inspired you to start a health food store, I which did. has it's nothing amazing. to do with running. So. No, it has nothing to do yeah. with running, but everything does, because nutrition counts. Mm -hmm. And I learned that if you, running takes discipline, which at the time I really didn't have because I just didn't have it. <laughs> and then two... It organizes things because you have to pick your priorities, what's important to you and how you're going to do it and when you're going to do it. And so it, with that and learning through the consistency of track workouts, hill workouts, long runs, and doing it consistently day after day, week after week, month after month to attain a goal, to, help, to realize a dream, it was easy to transfer everything that I've learned into a business. And it was just really... I mean, I didn't go to business school or anything like that. And to have um, a health food store, Molly Coddles, to... I like the name. <laughs> I know, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then to have it go from... To grow into a deli and then become a restaurant. It was, it was really good. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like it gives you the confidence to think you can break anything down Isn't, and do right, it. Right? Yeah. yeah, and like I homeschooled. I never even heard of homeschooling until... A couple of years before I married Danny, and I was I was staying with the Hopi medicine man. I was going to learn to be, be a medicine person. And in any case, he homeschooled his two children, and I was so taken. They were delightful. They were curious, and they did their math and ballet outfit. And I was just like, I was there, and I thought, don't you? Aren't they going to school? They are in school. They're being homeschooled, said the mother. And I was like, oh, okay. What's homeschooling? And the typical answer that any homeschool mom will give you, she said, go to the library. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I didn't go to the library to, to pick out any books for homeschooling. I just knew that I wanted it and I was going to do it because her kids were just delightful. They, were not a, they looked at you when they spoke. They were just children and they spoke well to adults and... And I thought, whatever it takes, I want that. And so, it's, it's, and so I had the confidence to homeschool my kids. Speaking of your kids, um, I remember when we talked, you mentioned, so you had one of the first professional contracts yes. for a woman, mm -hmm. athlete. Um, and you mentioned having children. Uh, no surprise at that point was not mentioned in your contract and not encouraged. So it's something you knew you wanted. So can you talk about those conversations you had and just how well, they you thought? Know, we didn't even think of it, Molly. It's um, being the first to sign a pro contract, uh, you don't even realize what you're asking or what they're asking of you. You're just like, oh, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get paid. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to worry about stuff. You know, I can get off bologna sandwiches and Wonder Bread. You know, I can just... You can just run. I can just, I can eat well. I can run. 
and not have to really worry. I bought a house. I built a house. And, you know, it was just, it was just really heady. When I sat down in the lawyer's office at the Prudential Center to sign the contract, um, it was just very exciting. And he, he handed me the pen. And across the desk, I stood up. And I stood up and took the pen and to sit down. And as I sat down to sign, and he said, oh, by the way, Nike doesn't want you pregnant. I hadn't even thought. I mean, I'm newly married. Usually marriage, you have kids. But I, I hadn't even thought. However, I knew my husband at the time didn't want children. And I thought, okay, well, what is this with not anybody wanting children? But I thought I could change my husband's mind. <laughs> no. And it just just didn't leave me. And so I did sign, you know, happily, but with a little gnawing in the back of my head. You know, like, what did I... You don't even think about it. It's just like, what did I do? It's like a, a, a churn. And then life goes on. And then you realize the depth of it. Mm-hmm. And anyways, it all worked out. I have two beautiful children. Yeah. <laughs> and I have them in my 40s, not yeah. my 20s. I was going to say, what age was that? Were you pretty much done racing or were you still racing oh, and training? I, uh, I was through racing in 81. Okay. I was done. And you had your kids... A few years later? No, um, I had Aaron 12 years later. Okay. And then I had Raven for you. I was in my 40s. Nice. And I had my kids. So uh, both my kids know that you don't have to have children right away. <laughs> I am not asking for grandchildren. <laughs> I love my children. I have another daughter and another son. It's just wonderful to be able to do things with them and get to know them and have their have a happily married life and have them mesh as a couple. Um, but I'm not I'm not I'm not a big where are my grandchildren gonna yeah. come? I'm not there at all. You know there's lots to do. <laughs> there is so much to do and I want yeah. them to experience them, mm-hmm. you know, and to have if they want children, fine. You know, I mean fine. But I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, that story yeah. stuck with me because it took so long for that to even change. It's only the last few oh, years that that's starting to get better. I know. So. I know. And yeah. so finally, I was able to kind of voice my feelings about it, and it just changed my career. Mm-hmm. It changed it, and I crossed the line at eighty-one, and I had uh, I hit a horse out there. And people's other reactions to me, to even though I ran fastest, even though it was a PR and all of that, I thought, huh, I want more than this. Mm-hmm. Because what's another win? Mm-hmm. Even though I really wanted to win Boston in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I there really, really, truly did. But For I sure. just thought, huh. More dimensions. <laughs> and I just thought, okay, I'm done. So you were runner-up three times I know. in Boston, but one of those times you set the American record. Yeah. Um, was it 227? Yes, 227. But, you know, the first year, um, oh, the second year, was it Jackie? Jackie and I both went under the course record. And then the first year, Joni set the American record, and I was kind of, I was a couple minutes behind her, but I don't think I was too far 
It must have been exciting to reset it so often. It seemed like women were just breaking down the record by minutes every time out. Like, well, because we were learning. Yeah. And um, learning about training, like. No. It's not so much the training, Molly. You know that. I, I think you know. It's uh, how many miles you do. You do have to have legs under you. Mm-hmm. Um, it usually takes about a hundred miles a week to get legs. Uh, it was the mind, mm-hmm. what you believe in, and um, that's what I learned. Mm-hmm. Somebody like me from Quincy Howes Neck, Howes Neck Quincy, who smoked two years of her running career. I smoked since I was like 12, 13 years old. Um, I lost 52 pounds. Yeah, I love your... Can you tell people how you became so... um, How you found running and what that felt like? Because (laughs) your story is so unique, but also it shows you that like anyone can run and you never know. That's what I want to meet Native people to and everybody because, I mean... My username is Patty Speaks 227 and that 227 spoke volumes, volumes, and Patty Speaks. I was uh, very insecure, and I could say shy, but I'm not really shy. I was just afraid to speak up, because when I did speak up, I was smacked or put down or made fun of, and I thought, okay, I'll just be quiet, you know, and not say anything, but I took everything in. I'm a good people reader, <laughs> I think. Um, I took a lot in. However, when I was 23, I met um, somebody I went to high school with, and she was gorgeous. I worked at the hospital, and I ended up, I was taking care of her mom, and I saw Susan come up, and I thought, oh my gosh. So that's what like going to college. I mean, I went to college, but I dropped out. <laughs> I found Kitty Whist and pictures of beer. <laughs> I was very good at Kitty Whist. And I just thought, so that's what college looks like. She was stunning. And I looked at her, and I just felt small. Not in her eyes, but small in my eyes. Small. Diminished. I didn't like it. So I thought about it and got to, you know, reacquaint myself with her while I was taking care of her mom in the hospital. And um, over time, about a week or two later, I made a clock. And in the clock... I wrote out my hours and where I spent my time, and where I spent my time was recovering from my night before, <laughs> if you get my drift. Um, so Thursday night would come Friday night, Friday night would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday night would be Sunday night. So it developed into a lifestyle, and it was just, really, I was dying inside. And I thought there's one hour, I made the clock, and I thought, you know, there's all my time. What do I do? And I said, you know, I just want one hour for me. So what does Patty want to do with that one hour? And I went back to my greatest feelings that I had as a kid when I was playing and riding my bike and water skiing and just running around playing dodgeball or something. And I wanted to reacquaint. I wanted to go back there. So I did. And I started by riding my bike, and I got smacked in the butt threw over the handlebars on C Street in Quincy, and I thought, okay, I'm not doing that, and two guys in the car. Oh my so, and then I went swimming, I, I, I swam, and I was going to lose this weight. I was going to just shed. I wanted to just, because this wasn't me, I was going to shed it. And I went swimming at the, at the local Y, and one of the times you went swimming at 6 o'clock in the morning, so that means I couldn't go out at night anymore. You know, I had to get home and take care of everything, so I wanted to get up and go swim at 6, 
the pool was closed because they didn't have a lifeguard. And I was so disappointed. Huh, I thought. So the next thing was I just started, like, walking to work. I had to walk on the other side of the road because people would would stop and say, hey, Patty, you need a ride? And you're like, <laughs> no, I'm exercising. <laughs> no, you don't exercise. Yeah, that like, was no. strange back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, right? it was. I just, no, I just liked walking and just, you know, feeling air on your face mm-hmm. in the wind, you know, and I just liked it. However, uh, one of these short times that I was walking to work, I went into Quincy Center, and there was a bookstore, and Ken Cooper's book was there. And it was jogging, and I was like, oh. and it had a pair of running shoes. And I was like, what is jogging? I went in, I opened the book, and I'm thumbing through it, and I saw this thing called jogging, and I thought, what is jogging? And I was like, oh, it's running. Why don't they just say it's running? And it turned out to be that running was one of the best things you could do to burn calories. So I learned that it was 3,500 calories <laughs> in a pound. I had a lot of pounds to a lot of calories to burn. So that's when I started running. I just thought, said, wear your most comfortable pair of shoes. And mine were knockoff Tom McCann. And I would, my Daisy Dukes. <laughs> that time you had long fringe when you cut off jeans. And then I wore neoprene belts. And I wore like two champion Russell t-shirts. Sweating like a mother. <laughs> Sweating. And I went to the local cemetery, and I ran around for an hour, and I ran like seven miles. And the only reason I stopped, I'd probably be still out there running today, the cop car came, and I could feel, like, a car come up. And I stopped and looked, and down goes the window. I look at him. He says, hey, what you doing? I said, I'm jogging. And he kind of looked at me. Okay. My heart stopped, or whatever. The spell broke. So I just went back to the Y, and I looked. Well, I didn't know how how I looked, but I felt. So I, I looked in the mirror. I was the only one in the locker room, and I'm just peeling off my clothes, and it's like, oh, they're soaked. I had that, oh, that neoprene belt. I was soaked. And I looked in the mirror, and I was white, red rings with black. <laughs> it looked horrible. I felt so good. And I weighed myself. I lost three pounds. And I thought, this is great. By the end of the week, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I really didn't believe that. I thought, oh, this is my own little secret. All I have to do is this one hour. Well, I went into the shower. I turned it on. And the water hit my head. And a whole new world opened up. I just thought, and I wept. I cried. I'm not a crier. Why to announce that? <laughs> um, but I wept. I had never felt that way in my whole life. And it was great. And I thought, ha, huh, if nobody can give this to me, nobody can take it away. I own this. And I thought, I was over the moon. And I went to work, and they said, hey, did you see Patty? What's the matter with Patty? I don't know. She did this thing called jogging. I was so happy. I was set right. Whatever, if that's all I had to do was run this hour to feel like this, I'm gone. I'm there. And so I couldn't have run for, like, weeks. (laughs) 
you were too, you overdid it the first day. Wow. I was so sore, you know, like the up here, and, oh, and my my shoulders, my back, and the only way I knew I was I would make sure to get my cigarettes, and I couldn't my hip, I couldn't reach my ashtray, and I thought, oh man. So it took me about two and a half, three weeks to be able to have all of that pain thing go. And then I went out and did it again. <laughs> I love that story because it shows how transformative it was. Like right away. Oh, it was boom. Like you were just trying to lose weight and it gave you oh, so it was much more. more. It, it did. It, the, yeah. the initial was like, oh, I'm going to lose this weight. But it was the immediate. The, uh, Cycling, riding my bike didn't give me that feeling. Swimming didn't give me that feeling. Swimming a mile at the pool didn't give me that feeling. It was the running because I think it's because it's laborsome, you're self-powered, and it's just more than a body movement. It's here and then here. And then I I coach now and I have my athletes. No headphones, no Strava watches. I'm sorry, Strava. Um, I, I, I want them to I want them to feel this mm-hmm. I want them to feel the ground feel what it is and then work with it yeah. and, you know, because you, you live in here yeah. you might as well get to know it that feedback's important when you're racing too absolutely so when did yeah. you get into the, the competitive part oh right away From, yeah right away oh yeah. you dove right in <laughs> okay. only because um, I fell in I started running March 28th Boston Marathon was in early April. Never heard of the Boston Marathon, even though I lived in Quincy. We have to understand, Quincy and Boston are two different cities. Mm-hmm. Everything you had to do and needed was in Quincy. You had the police station, the fire station, the DMV. It was his own entity. Mm-hmm. And Boston was that entity. I, I, I didn't read the papers. I just read the... No, nothing. I, was like, I didn't know about the Boston Marathon. And I fell in with a group, a group of guys at the Y. See them run, see them back. And this is only taking over maybe my, I had not even running a month. And I mean, I noticed that we were starting at the same time together. I'd let them go first. You know, I'd hide. Okay, now I can go out now. And, but because of your instincts, I would just run their same course. You know, leave the Y, go by the cemetery, go up the stadium hill, take a right, take a right. Go down to North Quincy High School, take another right, come down Wallace Beach, and finish. And it was like instinctive. I fell in with them, and they were talking about the Boston Marathon, and I was so taken. Not with the marathon. I didn't even know what a marathon was. I was taken with the camaraderie. I was just a bunch of guys and me. A bunch of guys. And it was, I heard them talk, and then I blurted out, I'm going to run that. <laughs> Guy looks at me, yeah? Well, yeah. He goes, well, you know, you have to qualify. I said, really? He goes, yeah, you have to qualify. And I thought, oh, you mean I have to run a marathon to prove that I can run a marathon? And I'm thinking, well, that's ridiculous. And he said, yeah, you do. Oh, how far is a marathon? <laughs> and I said, and he said it's twenty six point two miles, and I'm like twenty six miles, <laughs> and I, I don't know what the point two meant, you know. 
and I had no idea. So here, this is this is like April, and I have. He said we're all going to run uh, the Newport Marathon in October. You should run it. You, we're all running there, and I'm like, okay. So I did, and I ran many of it alone. Started sometimes running with them like once or twice a week because I really wanted to. I was embarrassed. <laughs> um, I didn't run every day. Um, I wanted to, because it hurt. My legs burned. And I'm like, who knew about water and potassium and all of that stuff and protein? And I'm still smoking, but I didn't drink. I, that was done. No more partying for me. And so as my lifestyle was changing, so was my mind and so was my persistent and consistency and determination. And not that I was looking for those things. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. even know what they were. That's the best part. <laughs> it, it was just, yeah. you know, like, and then to go to the races five miles, you know, and and people are there. And then they say, hey, we're going to go to a Wayne, East Wayne, but there's another race. I go, oh, yeah, when? Tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> and it was just wonderful. And That's, I was winning, yeah. which made it even more so, but I was always so nervous. And it was just, so then when I went to my first marathon, my highest mile week was 40 miles, and my longest run, I did one 16-mile run, and a friend of mine, we're both in her car, I go, okay, hey, Jimmy, 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 I did a long run, I go, yeah, I go, yeah, she goes, let me get, let me get Eddie's car, her boyfriend, let me go get Eddie's car, go get his car. And so we got in the car with smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and I'm leaning out the car, and I said, yeah, take her right here. I went down this road. <laughs> I did something like 16 miles, 15 miles or something, you know. And we were both amazed that we just looked at each other. Said, Man, you did this? I go, yeah, can you believe it? I said, I ran all that way. I said, now I have to go do another 10. And she goes, oh, man. I said, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, and the marathon came around the night before the marathon, the day before. I'm out front of my house. I wanted to see my family. Nobody's home but my little sister. My little sister at the time must have been little, eight, nine. Walk in the house, and I say, you know, hey, where is everybody? And she's not. Some of everybody is. And I said, well, you know, I just want to tell you, um, I give you a hug. We're not a hugging family. And she says, yeah, what's the matter? I said, I just want to let you know that I may die. <laughs> she said, Patty, why? I said, well, I'm going to run this thing called a marathon. And it's tomorrow. And I may die. <laughs> I mean, it's I really, I really thought I was going to die a bottle of time. I mean, the first person to run a marathon died, right? I don't know. The yeah, yeah, like, oh. See, I didn't so know it's that. So great advertising. I didn't know that, but yeah. I mean, like, in, in the, my the mind, fear, but I yeah. was willing, I was willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Even That's the though, mindset. Because I had so much. Mm -hmm. I had the camaraderie. I, I had feelings that I didn't put names to it. I couldn't take it. I just... But I just know that it was, I was full. Yeah. And I was compelled to do this. Mm -hmm. And I ran, and it, oh, my husband at the time was at this, I was standing behind him, and, oh, 
dawned on him that I was there. And he looks and he goes, hey, um, do you want me to run with you at the first loop? I go, no, 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 no. You go ahead. I'm fine. I'm fine. So he and his bud went off. I'm running. And all I knew, Pop Molly, was that when it started to hurt, you know, whenever you start, because it's la, 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 la. And then it, it's a moment where it's like, there's no more la-las. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, this, is, si- yeah, this right. is serious stuff. I knew that I, I'd, I'd work hard. I'd be, I'm going to push harder. Well, next thing I know, I hear, and here comes Patty. Patty Lyons of Quincy. It's me. And I cross the line. I'm in the chute. My husband turns around. And he goes, did you finish? You are right? I said, oh, yeah. And um, he said, did you drop out? I said, no, I just, I just finished. And I said, well, how did you do? He said, I did a 253. Oh, you did? That's great. I did 253.40. If I knew you were that close, I would have beat you. It's amazing. So that was your first marathon of uh-huh. a few months of training. Um, I think that should inspire anyone to run a marathon or at least get into running. You know, um, it's not. I can't say it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. It's only and hard you obviously if you put, are, were very talented and uncovered well, some that. Ta- no, my talent isn't my speed. Mm-hmm. My talent is my head. Mm-hmm. I think because I believe a lot. <laughs> and you visualize. I remember I, you telling yep. me about when you discovered that. Yep. And that was a few years later, and then things changed on a dime. Mm-hmm. That time. That's when the records just, came? Yep. Yeah. More. I had some before that, but they were like... I. Uh, surprising but like oh, I don't know if I could do it again yeah <laughs> you know um, but then I got down to business and I knew and I I never got beat not I don't mean that that I got second or win races I mean in my head mm-hmm. I may not have finished first but you didn't beat me right yeah <laughs> I love the mentality that you have um, can you describe thank you can you describe um, that story of like what inspired you to learn to do that? Because I remember you you told it to me as though you were upset about I was not, upset about not being able to race. And it led to this. <laughs> Can you imagine a person who loves to run and race deny them a race? That's a good way to start a competitive fire in someone. <laughs> I was a little. I was upset. I was at the Olympic trials in 1980, and. Uh, I had already been running, racing, you know, for a few years. I had a few records, and the records really, it's not the, I had a, I had me under my belt. I knew. And I had done some track races, a few, but I knew. Like, I, I, I knew. I beat girls who were specialists in 1500. I beat them. I mean, I, I finished ahead of them. Not that I beat them. I finished ahead. I could outkick. It was just because I was just like, <gasps> I was willing to have my lungs, <gasps> you know, raw. <laughs> um, so I wanted, I heard there was a 10K experimental for introduction to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I thought, <gasps> this was 84, right? No, this is 80. 80 and I said, okay. can I, can I, can I, I want to run that. Well, let me run that. And the answer was no. So I begged. I went over and. I begged a couple of executives, and I said, you know, very my way. I mean, like, I was very upset. Please, please let me run. Go, Patty, you're roadrunner. We want you to do Cascade. And I said, 
Let me run. I'll win both. Same weekend. I'll win both. <laughs> Day apart. I'll win both. I can do it. I will do it. No, we no. Well, I went on that bus for that ride up to Portland, and I was quiet. And I sat on the bus, and all the athletes are going by. <laughs> Nobody sat near me. <laughs> I guess I had the. <gasps> Ronnie Wayne sat next to me. He, oh no, he asked me. He was the national champion marathon at the time. He said, um, "Oh, I, I talked. I was just talking to him not so long ago." He said, um, "Can I sit here?" Okay. So I'm sitting there and looking out the window, and he says, um, "Bus is leaving." He says, uh, "Seem a little upset." Yeah. He says, uh, mind telling me? No. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I went. <laughs> and he said, oh. So I said, I have to do this race. And I have to do something to show them that I could have done both. He said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking. And I, everybody's in this race. Everybody's in this race. I'm thinking. I'm not even concerned about them. However, he says to me, "You know, if you see it, you become it." And I was like, "Huh? Like I haven't heard that before. You know, I'm seeing is believing, and who, 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 who believes that stuff? You know, this is me. You know." So I'm listening, and then I say, "I said, you know, my best time is." Um, 52-something. I said, it is the record, but I wanted, I have to do something. And I don't even know if I can do 52. It's supposed to be wicked hilly. And he said, so what do you see? I don't know. By the end of the ride, I knew. He said, I'm going to break 50 minutes. And he said, do you believe it? I said, yep, I believe it. And said, then it will become. It will happen. So I just, like, I perked up. I had lots of energy. I wasn't mad. I wasn't sad. I was disappointed or frustrated. I had a mission. I was capable of doing it. And all I had to do was see it and just go grab it. And that's exactly what I did. And I barely slept that night because my adrenaline was, like, overflowing, like, like Niagara Falls. It was just, pew. So I went out, like, at 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, did a half-hour run for my wake-up shower, had a little bit to eat, went out, warmed up. My coach says to me, whatever you do, oh, that was the other thing. He came back and uh, I said, oh, I'm going to break 50 minutes. I'm going to break 50 minutes. He goes, oh, no, Patty. Patty, why do you do this? Don't do that. Don't do this. Why? He said, just try to win it. Just, just win it. And I was like, I didn't even think about winning. I just knew that I was going to break 50 minutes. <laughs> Well, maybe, I, you know, so I was kind of deflated, but a little pissed. And I thought, if I knew the F word then, I probably would have said it. <laughs> so the next morning, I did my thing, and I went out, and he told me not to lead. He says, whatever you do, don't lead. So I have Lorraine and Joey here. Then you had me out there. <laughs> because it was the scene, I was... I was biting at the bit. I was ready to go. I was ready to go when I wanted to go. And then I did. And I just, it was the best thing I ever did. And what I learned was once you commit, 
I was afraid to commit. I think this was the first time I wasn't afraid to commit, and I actually dared you to pass me. Mm-hmm. Like I dared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was all just like your attitude. Your training didn't change. Your nope, fitness nope, didn't change. Nope, that nothing. was just your mind. My mind. <laughs> yeah. I, it was in my head that go ahead. I did. And you ran what time? 49, 42. That's a great story. <laughs> it's always good when it works out. Oh, well, I came down the hill. You know, at the Cascade, I came down, and there's Squires and my coach and Bob Seventy. And I looked at all, and I went, ha! I told you I'd do it. And I crossed the line, and I was done. I mean, I, there was no leap. And no, I was just very happy, very in my jaw, I could feel it in my jaw. Mm-hmm. And then I went to, that was the end of June, and then I went to Peachtree. I think I set an American record there. It was very hot. A couple of weeks later, I won. I mean, they just started. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Only because of that. You unlocked that, yeah. It was so nice. That's cool. And so once, once you, well, you know, once it's un- unleashed, what do you want to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And where do you want to go? Do, yeah. Where do you want to show off? <laughs> it's powerful. No, yeah. It is. And, and the better the competition that you had, even though you may not have finished first, and you, you need competition, you need stress, you need trials. Not like bad stress, like, you know, not that kind of stress, but... Um, like a challenge. Yes, yeah, a challenge, know. because you get pushed and pulled along mm-hmm. more than you would in a workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always, when I get nervous in races, I always think, well, I wouldn't want to do this alone, so I'm glad people better than me are here. Oh, but you have a really strong kick. Well, you have, you're really gutsy. I've, I've seen you run. <laughs> it depends on the race I'm in. I'm definitely over my head sometimes, but I try oh, but to... but that's the I, best. I say that's the best because I that's know I'm going to run faster. There's no pressure. Yeah. It, it's... it's I, you just hang on. Yeah. Well, you know, there's not really pressure. It's like another kind of pressure of um, other people's expectations and the fallout of expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, you either, if I didn't do, if you didn't run Boston, your invitations to races were less. Mm-hmm. If you did well, if and you ran Boston, you did well. I mean, you had races galore. So it was like expectation, pressure, that kind of stuff. And yeah. then, um, then if you signed a contract, is they measured how much lines you got in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they they noticed if you got a headline. Okay, you got a headline. What paper? What, how many do they distribute? Yeah. You know, it's just it's just different. And that all just lends to like heavy stress instead of. Well, it was different. The, um, I just. Like, I how really, did you block that? Out? Like, how did I you? I didn't block it. I welcomed okay. it. Um, somebody said something to me, and I forgot. Said something to me. I said something in the paper, and we're in the car, and he said, "Patty, you can't say that." I don't even know what I said. And. I, re- I remember going back, reading the article. It was a local paper in Boston, the Boston paper. And I'm reading it, and I'm saying, I'm thinking, I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't say anything bad. I just spoke the truth. And I thought, huh, that's all I'm going to say. I just speak, it comes out, I don't have to trip myself up. <laughs> and if anybody says anything, huh, I don't care. I mean, I did care, but not care, mm-hmm. because that's me. That's in the moment. That's mm-hmm. that's how it is. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but I was usually very happy. I was just, everything's like a cherry on top. Yeah. My whole thing. You had a, would you say your career was an empowering experience as a whole? Like I know there's always ups and downs. And oh, of course, but I don't even know that. I didn't even know that word empowering. I just know that if I was capable, mm -hmm. and I always knew I was capable. I was a worker. Yeah. I did blueberry picking. I did potato picking. We were my. I was my worker on the summers. So it, I was a worker. Um, so and I used to raise my cousins. <laughs> blueberry picking up in Maine. You know. Um, Digging potatoes, my hands. I was a clam digger. So, um, and I was a water skier. I was on the top of the pyramids, you know, to get on. That takes some kind of gumption <laughs> to climb up on one, two, three levels to get to the top and stand there with a. So I always had that kind of self confidence, I guess, or something. However, to. It did encourage me to realize that I could do it. And I put my mind to it. If your mind's in it, and your heart's in it, and you have passion about it, it's it's just easy, you know. Because that's the hard part. Yeah. You know, and um, anybody can do anything. It all depends on how long it's going to take you, how dedicated you are to pursuing it. It's you know that, mm -hmm. you know. And it's um, I really I wish I had time. I wish I. I wish it was a little different at times. I wish I was concentrated on the 10K. I wish I concentrated on anything other than the marathon, even though I, I set records into there, but it was always in pursuit of another goal. Because sometimes I would do an hour, an hour and a half before a race. <laughs> you know, to cre create um, a marathon situation. You know, what it would feel like and how I would react. Yeah. And, to remind me and to keep pushing, you know. So if I could do it in a, in practice in another race, I could do it in a, in a marathon. So one of the other things, just to shift topics a little bit, that you mentioned in your email was um, you like to you're holding the mantle as a native runner, but also you. The other thing you mentioned when you talked about is sort of not letting trauma hold you back when you go to pursue goals. So oh, what, what's been your experience? You know, that's a good question. And what would you tell you know, people? You know, them? we've all experienced trauma because we're human. And whether or not some trauma, your situation is harder than others, trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter. And I've learned that when trauma happens at certain ages, you react at that age. And it's not a bad reaction, it's not a good it's just a reaction. However, if that situation of feeling has come up again as an adult, you still react as though it's there. I've been frantic at times, and it's like I'm still reacting in that frantic state that I was as a kid or a teenager. And it's okay. I recognize it. It will pass. And going through and healing your life is a lifelong process. It's like a marathon. Mm -hmm. It's lifelong. It's not a one-shot hit and wonder hill workout. It's not a one-shot, oh, I'm frantic and I just calm down. It's, it's a consistent thing. It's not so many things now set me off. Not that I would set off like everybody would know it. It'd be set off in my mind. Yeah, I you think know? that speaks to a lot of people. Um, did 
did running help that or did you have to manage that in nope, your career nope. or how? Oh yeah, that's a good question too. Uh, um, how many times was I frantic? I was frantic a few times, especially going to the Lakes Mini, my first one. Gloria Raddy, bless her soul, I love her. Uh, told me I did an American record for 30K here in Marshfield, Mass. And she was there because she was the scorekeeper or whatever. And she said, Patty, you can't do these times here. You have to get out. Oh, okay. So eventually I made my way into New York to the Lakes Mini. Killed. An old woman beat me, Mickey Gorman. <laughs> a young woman, a young girl beat me, 12-year-old Laura Craven. <laughs> star runners. I was beside myself. I, I was frantic. I, I breathed. My, my mouth was dry. I, I was not settled. My mind was scattered. Sort of like anxiety. Yes. Yeah. I. Oh, I had a panic attack one time. Mm. I first found it. Oh, wow. I had it uh, just trusting the hill. I was leading. And Joan, you know, I was, I was hyperventilating, and I was just so, I couldn't get my breath. And Joni passed me. And there was nothing I could do. Nothing. I finished the race, still in the chute, going, <laughs> What brought me out of it? Julie Brown finished behind me, and she said, Who are you? <laughs> I said, You dog. No, I didn't. <laughs> and I said, I, I thought, I know who you are. <laughs> oh, my. Huh. So people thought, really, that I won Falmouth. Bob Seventy, the coach there, said, so congratulations, Patty, you know, for winning. I said, no, I didn't win. He said, you didn't? I said, no, Joni did. Oh, so we ended up coaching Joni. <laughs> but no, that was the first time of really frantic. I never wanted to visit that again. Never, ever, ever. And I didn't. Um, but prior, yeah, I did. One time, yeah, that Lakes Mini, I couldn't sleep. I went to that race exhausted. Exhausted, but I did a 35-minute, a fastest New England thing. You know, I was so unhappy with it. I we drove home from New York. The next day, I did a 10K in Brockton, D.W. Field Park. There, 10K did the same exact time. Only it was, it was light, relaxed, and so I knew time has nothing to do with physical. Because within 24 hours, I did two races at the same time, both 10K. One was very stressful, and the other wasn't. So I learned. So each time, that's why I did so many races, because if I learned something in a race, I popped into another one to apply what I learned, mm -hmm. whether it be a marathon or whatever. I get a lot of young runners that ask me questions about how to manage that. Um, just like anxiety from... Being nervous to race, nervous oh, well, of the pain. Well, one thing is, is butterflies, and yeah. it's butterflies, and it's anticipation of getting ready for war. That's what I tell them. You're getting ready. You're beating the drum. You can't let the fear. I can't. I don't want to say that. You can't let the fear. Welcome the fear. Understand what it is, because if you're afraid of other people's expectations on you, of what they're going to think about you. Yeah. F them. Really, because yeah. it's not about them. It's about you. And that's not a constructive thought, right? That's going to no, weigh, yeah. weigh you down. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's, so it's, 
believe, it's so simple to say, believe in your work, believe in yourself, and da 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 da, but it really is truthful. You know, um, have, uh, I never really ran for time, but I had an idea of time, and I would see times, and I would say, huh, American record. That's that time? I can do that. Without even, I remember somebody said to me, I'm running with a race director. I set a world record on this course and we were running. And he said, wow, you just did 240. I said, yeah, because that must feel really good. Oh, yeah, it feels really good. It feels good. Oh, that, you know, that may be the best, best you're going to do. I was so, that stuck with me. Like, it hit me. It, like, stuck. Two foot, that's the best. That was fine. That was his opinion, and I I that wasn't what I thought of myself. I knew I was I had more because I had things to learn. Because you learn so much as you're running, you know the development of yourself and the strength that you have, and not not quitting on yourself, but just going. This is so hard. Mm -hmm. I want to go home, and you learn to not do it. You get up and. You fight, yeah. and that's what I did, and I did. I went 238, 235, 233, 232, 230, <laughs> 229, 227, so it just came down, and, and my training really didn't change other than my mindset did, and my determination did, and my persistence of gravity did. Yeah, I think that those are important lessons to leave people with, especially since everyone likes to compare themselves and compare their training and just yeah. Well, you know, I think that that's yeah. posting online your mm -hmm. stuff. Don't let it get to you guys. That's <laughs> the worst. I think that's the worst. I have my athletes, you know, no travel, no, 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 no pace. I call them patty miles. <laughs> Eight minutes or slower, depending on where you are. Yeah. I have um. It's gonna go. Yeah. Uh, I have one runner went from. A, 312 to a 238 in six months. No watch. How do you feel? How long can you carry that? Well, let's work on strength. I did a thousand sit-ups a day. I did 500 push-ups a day. Uh, I I did very. I had massage therapy. I did. I had nutrition. Nutritionist. So I mean, it, I stopped smoking. I took naps. You know, it was a. When you look at it, it seemed very rapid. But at the time, it was just a, a dawning. What else can I do to get faster? What else can I do? And then before you know it, you're, you're just a full-time athlete, and you're eating bologna sandwiches, and you're living with five guys. <laughs> and you just lived on consulting money from races. You know, like 250 bucks went a long way. And very many times, Molly, uh, marathons would call you two weeks before a race. Two hey. weeks. Yeah, yeah. I did Houston two weeks, one, two weeks notice. Yeah, I'll call. Sure. So I did Montreal. I did New York. Montreal in September. New York in October. Something in November. I did, I did something in November. Oh, Newport, Rhode Island in November. Honolulu in December. And then Houston in January. All marathons. All marathons, and the fastest was 2:29, and the slowest was 2:33. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a mindset, and it was um, because I knew it wasn't as long as I was physically capable of covering the distance, which I knew. 
because I was doing 100 miles a week. I had like fun to me. But I didn't know the time, but I knew I was competitive. And I knew if somebody was right here, I can hang. My 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 motto was, if you can't feed them, make them spit blood. I just dog them. Yeah. And you know, and it's like, if I was, if you were past me, and I was dogging you, and you would go around the turn and glance, I made eye contact with you. Like, I'm coming. <laughs> the strategy is out on the road. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, but that's what he did. And then I would, I would count your steps. Love it. I would count your steps and I'd gauge. So I feel like we've covered a lot of great stories. You're a wonderful storyteller. I love listening oh, to you tell you. a story. And, oh, thank you. Uh, everybody, it's even better if you can be watching Patty tell a story too. <laughs> um, but here at Keeping Track, our last question, we usually just like to ask, like, what would you want more people to know about you? I'm not, I stand and hope to represent and encourage people who, who don't think they can do anything. Because I did it. I, I you know, yeah. did it. And it just, it just got to do it. Yeah. You know, and then it catches, and then it opens up. You open up. You know, I would never be able to do something like this if I didn't run. Mm -hmm. If I had to address a group, I've spoke before thousands of people on a stage by myself. <laughs> so I mean, it's like I would never be able to own it if I didn't know what here in me, Patty. So I am. I just say, hi, I'm Patty. There's, there's, I don't have any anything pretense or facade or anything. It's just there. Well, we love it. We love everything you represent. <laughs> Thank and you, is there anything you want to um, shout out, how to follow you, anything you want people to go check out? Oh, really? Oh, on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Where, how do we find you? Patty Speak. Patty Speaks 227. Okay. Because... That's my full vocal statement. <laughs> 227 says it. Nice. And any yeah, projects you have or anything we can support? Oh, the projects. Well, there's a movie coming out. It's not yes. my project. It's somebody else's project, right. but I'm in it. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not in it. It's about me. Um, running is mentioned, and it's in there. However, it's about my life, and running is part of it. We can't wait for that. Do you oh, know thank when? you. Uh, right now, they're doing a project. They're wrapping it up. I think they're in their last week. And I'm up next with a production company. And Jessica Madden from Frontier, who uh, portrayed Jason Momoa's sister in Frontier. And she's also in Mandalorian. I think it was episode eight. Is she Patty? She's Patty. Oh yeah. Did you get to pick who was Patty? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't have anything to do with that. I just told the stories. That's so cool. And the filmmaker, you know, they pick the thread. You know how. Yeah. They pick the thread and then they write the script and rewrite the script and rewrite the script and you know it's so. been a long process I, it is yeah, it's I've just like a marathon it. it's like um um you think oh this is great you know blah, 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 blah. and i'm glad it was a process i'm glad because it's talking about the trauma it has put me in a different gave me time to realize and welcome and heal in the process of healing so that i can talk openly about my own stuff not that necessarily I'm going to give you incidences or anything but I understand trauma is trauma yes and you've got to go 
you got to heal it. Otherwise, you're going to stay. You don't have a fulfilling life. It stops. So I understand that. And it's given me time to wrap my head around it. Because at first I was like, oh, it's going to be a movie. And that was very short-lived. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a movie. Like, what am I going to do? Oh, I mean, really. I was just like, then I would see my life through somebody's eyes. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I don't know if I can do that, and, but you know, it's the past. I can't change that. I can't change, I can't control what anybody thinks. I can just live my life. <laughs> and you know, so, and to help people, inspire, encourage them to do the process of healing, and running is a process of healing. It leads you to healing, and anything that you do passionately leads to healing. So it doesn't necessarily have to be running, even though it happens to be for me, and I advocate it. <laughs> We, I love that. I love that whole message. Um, congrats on your 40th anniversary of the record. I know. I just found that out. Suzanne told me. Yeah. And I then, just found that out. I was like, oh, wow, God. Um, if this comes out before Monday, which I'm going to try to do, people can watch. You're going to start the Meet Men's and Women's Race. Yes, I have done from it, too. Yes. Yeah, so watch for Patty on the start line. Um, they're celebrating her and some other athletes this weekend. And we're so happy you talked to us. Well, I love, thank you, I love all your stories. Incredible. And congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Keep <laughs> sharing. Major shout-outs to What Cheer Writers Club Podcasting Studio, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators and where Roshin and I record, and to Rudy Nakashima for our funky outro song. Thanks, guys. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.